Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sauls in the City. Uh, before I begin playing my conversation with Celeste, which was so awesome, um, I want to quickly give like a little solo section to provide some updates on Sauls in the City and just my life. Coming up is, well, on Friday, it'll be May, which means it's Mental Health Awareness Month, which is the best month of the year. And a lot of organizations like the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and the Jed Foundation, the Crisis Tax Line, they're all putting on some really great like initiatives um, for this month. But of course, because of the pandemic, a lot's been put on hold and there's just going to be a lot of uh, more difficulty to, for them to raise money and do things like that. For example, the Out of the Darkness Walk, it was going to be in New York for the first time on um, in the early June, but that had to be canceled because of Corona which is really sad. So I think it's now is a really great time. Like in, in addition to doing all that we can to donate to, you know, the first responders and hospitals and people in need um, in that area. I think it's also a time to kind of like sit back and reflect on the, the causes that we're really passionate about and care a lot about, whether that be, you know, mental health related or not. And just say like, okay, they're probably really struggling right now because, you know, people are hesitant to be sending money anywhere. And so I think now's a really great time to be giving back because I'm sure these organizations couldn't uh, need it. So along those lines, I'm going to be selling, or I guess I don't know the correct financial term, but I made a lot of stickers uh, back before this whole pandemic. And so I wanted to do something where they there will be like a minimum like a, a rough donation like cost per se like you know i think it'll be two dollars for the mini stickers and then five dollars for the bigger stickers um however that's just like a ballpark if you feel like being generous you know you could give more um if you know if five dollars for bigger stickers a little too much but you really want one and, and three is fine um and all proceeds will be going to the american foundation for suicide prevention it'll actually be going to my friend brookie's fund memorial fund for alex so i would really 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 love to see if you guys could um you know, just pitch in. That'd be really amazing. And I will also be sending them all to your addresses in an envelope and I'll write a handwritten note. So yeah, I'll give more of an update about that later this week before May begins. And so just in terms of this past week, I feel like, I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like we're in this weird limbo of like, this is kind of this whole social isolating thing we've kind of reached like a weird normal or at least for me I don't know but it's definitely just weird because I feel like we're at a position of like okay what's gonna happen when things do start to get normal or like what even is normal and what's that gonna look like so that's definitely something that's been giving me some anxiety and I just try not to think about it and I just try to focus inward and think like okay 
just what's happening today, like what's happening right now that I can focus on as opposed to like the what ifs because it is a little like spooky in a way because I it's almost summer and all that or I don't even want to go into it. But if you're having those similar thoughts, just know you're not alone. I'm also thinking them. Um, and then one little thing I wanted to share, which was just like the highlight of my past two months uh was yesterday i was in central park with a mask um six feet away from my friend uh, my best friend mary and we were walking around and we're in like i don't know what it's called but it's that's i think it's called like the it's not belvedere palace but it's right across from the boathouse and we're like walking around and all of a sudden we see this couple and like the white the woman's in a wedding dress and I thought they were doing their like wedding photos but Mary's like wait I think they're getting married I'm like no way so we stay and we watch for a little and lo and behold there was a guy there to facilitate the wedding they didn't even say vows they just you know said I do and they kissed and everyone in the park cheered not that many people but everyone cheered and then I was so curious that afterwards I went up to the guy who was ordained out of I forget what they're called um and I said like I have to know what like what's the story behind this and apparently this couple had a wedding planned for you know this weekend this past weekend and it got canceled because of corona but they still had their marriage license um ready so they're like fuck it let's go dress up and go to central park and get married and they did and it was so cute and it was one of those moments that just you know made me happy and i think we all need those especially at this time all right anyways i'm gonna shut up and play this episode with celeste enjoy okay hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Sauls in the city today i'm so excited to be here with an extremely talented new actor and star of the film Sella and the spades Celeste O'Connor, who also happens to be another Hopkins attendee, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> still there. Still there, but still killing it everywhere else. So <laughs> anyways, Celeste, um, do you mind just giving me some like background? Where are you from? How old are you? What's your story? Cool. Yeah. Um, I am 21 now. Nice. Very. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I go to Hopkins. I'm in my third year, um, last semester. So I'll be a senior next semester, which is also crazy. Um, oh my God, that is crazy. And, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I grew up in Baltimore. Um, I was actually born in Kenya, but I came to America, I think when I was like two, so very two or three really early on. Um, and then I've been in Baltimore ever since. 
Um, I grew up here. Um, I didn't want to stay in Baltimore for college, but I was like, okay, Hopkins, fine. I guess I have to go. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Wow, I had no idea you were born in Kenya. That's crazy. Yeah, my um, my mom is from this really tiny country called Burundi in Central Africa, um, next to Rwanda. Um, and my parents met there and then moved to Kenya and then moved to America shortly after. <laughs> That's so awesome. So why did you end up going to Hopkins, like aside from it being a really good school and did you go in with an idea of what you wanted to study? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I applied to Hopkins because it's a really good school. Um, and I went in, I, I knew I wanted to do something related to like health medicine. And I think also just the fact that I was like going to Hopkins and in that environment also made me more interested because that's what a lot of people do here um and yeah so i went into it as a neuro major neuroscience nice. um and then quickly changed my major <laughs> as we all do yeah <laughs> um to public health and um that was a really good decision for me because it ended up being something that i am now really passionate about awesome and then did you ever like think you'd be pursuing a career in acting at all? Like, did that ever cross your mind? Um, not really. I I started when I was fifteen, um, which is young, but also a lot of other actors that I know like have been doing this since they were like five or eight or like something crazy like that. Um, but. Like before then, I really, I didn't, it wasn't something that was on my radar or something that I was thinking about. Um, and I, I ended up doing this like talent showcase when I was 15, because um, I really wanted to be a singer. And so I went in into it for singing. Um, and there was a casting director there who like had me do a monologue and stuff. And he was like, you can act, like you should do this. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like if you say so. Yeah, he was the one that introduced me to my agents and managers, and, and then they've been sending me auditions for stuff ever since for, like, five years. So before then, it wasn't really something that I was thinking about, but, I mean, it ended up also being something that I'm really passionate about now, which is cool, that I didn't know at the time. Yeah, so so in when you were 15, you were, like, in high school, so were you doing things on the side in high school? Um... No, I mean, people always ask me, like, if I did theater and stuff, and, like, I never did. Like, I didn't have any experience. I think I did one play in middle school, and I was, like, secretary number three or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so I I was really, really involved in music mm -hmm. um, growing up. So I was always – I was at the Peabody Preparatory um, for, like, vocal music or violin and their their youth orchestras and stuff and so I spent a lot of time there um, and I performed a lot on stage um, so like I was telling someone else this that like I was so used to um, like my violin and like singing auditions like I I was used to being like 
13 and having to like go on stage at the Meyerhoff with my violin in front of like five scary adults to audition for this like chamber music group for Peabody and that was like terrifying so when I got to like acting and they were like all you have to do is like go into this room with like two people and say some words I was like sick I can't do that. <laughs> like it like, just oh. seems so much easier compared to like the like stress of like being on stage and like all of that so I wasn't involved in it before but it like music definitely helped me for sure so how did you hear about the opportunity for um for Stella and the Spades it was just one of the auditions that my agent sent me. So like for a few years, I had been auditioning for a lot, a lot of stuff um, and wasn't getting it. And I kind of was like discouraged at that point because it had been, I mean, I was, I think 18 at the time, 18 or 19 when we filmed Sella and so it had been a good like three years of me auditioning and like I had done like I had done like smaller stuff and smaller parts but like it had been a long time of me like auditioning all the time for stuff and not getting it and so I was like pretty discouraged um and yeah and then I like finally got this part and was able to like really be on a set and like do the thing that I had been wanting to, so. Awesome. So now let's talk about this new movie, which, I mean, I don't know when this episode will air, but it came out yesterday, the 17th. Yeah. Watched it today. It's incredible. Um, you watched it? Uh, oh, of course. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> so good. Um, I just wanted to read a quick quote from the New York Times. In the exceptionally composed drama, Cello in the Spades, high school is a battleground where cliques are locked in a struggle for control of the social scene. So I was wondering if you could quickly summarize to my listeners the plot of Cell on the Spades without giving too much away. Yeah. Um, so the story is basically about this boarding school where um, it's really in the world of all the kids. Like, you don't necessarily see... Um, the adults that much so it's like very in the world of of just this group of teenagers that go to school together and live together and um, there are these five there are these five factions or like groups of students um, who take care of the student body's needs um, basically so like the spades, for example, they they provide like the weed or the Adderall or drinks for parties. Um, the Bobbies are like the theater kids and they are the one that like throw all the events. Um, and like the C, that's the group of kids that like writes essays for people for money or will like give people test answers for money. Um, so like all these different groups and factions kind of um, have their own little role to play um in this world and it's mainly about the spades and Stella is the girl that is the head of the spades um and she's a senior and she's graduating high school and so she's looking for someone to to take over for her um and then that's that's where my character comes in and she's a new girl she's a sophomore um 
So there's kind of that like dynamic between them. Like Sela is a senior and she's a sophomore. Um, and yeah, Sela kind of like takes her in um, and she kind of gets swept up into this whole world of like the spades and their drama and um, all of these other things that she didn't expect to um, get involved in. Awesome. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I, I mean, it was funny because I went to boarding school. So seeing oh, really? them like all brushing their teeth, I was like, ugh, triggered. But, <laughs> but what I specifically loved was like how it explored the difficulties that like young women go through as teenagers and like the fear that a lot of ha- like a lot have specifically like in transition periods, like articulating vulnerable, uh, vulnerability. God, I can't speak. Um, and like, I wanted to read a couple of my favorite lines from that beginning part because I thought this was just like, give me chills, like watching it. So what in the part in the beginning when they're, you know, doing the cheer mm-hmm. and Stella says, that's the whole mistake the world makes. They never take girls seriously. When you're 17 and you're a girl, you got the whole world telling you what to do with your body, and they always try to break you down when you're 17. And I just thought that was, like, so spot on, specifically now as we, you know, the the world gets, like, more and more, um, like, difficult for young women specifically, like, yeah. and just, like, you know, comparing and themselves to what they see on Instagram and stuff like that, so... I know that obviously you're in college now, but I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about like what your high school experience was like. Um, and you know, if you felt the way Sela did in terms of like, you know, not like being taken seriously or just like what it was like for you back then. Yeah. I think, I think that there's like, different aspects of the different characters that that I relate to um I think I think at the time I wasn't necessarily as well maybe that's a lie (laughs) um like I I don't I didn't feel like I was as concerned with like like gaining power as Stella was but at the same time I really was concerned with like being liked um and so I think those two things are are kind of similar um in a way um, but for me, like I, I went to uh, all girls private Catholic school for high school. Like with yeah, like with whole like uniform, everything. We had mass all the time. <laughs> like it was it was a whole thing. Um, and yeah, and I I also grew up in an all white neighborhood, and my high school was all white. Um, I think I was like one of maybe like three people of color in my grade of like 200 people. Wow. Um, so I think that for me was, was kind of like the biggest struggle. Um, I think that like on top of like the, the need to um, feel accepted and have friends and have community um, and then all of this pressure, like how you should look and and behave. I think another layer for me was like feeling like I had to do all this extra stuff to be acceptable. Like feeling like I had to, like I told you, like straighten my hair all the time, or like 
wear like lily pullets or whatever like, <laughs> yeah. all the other like rich kids like rich white kids were wearing um and i think that was something that um was always kind of like in the back of my head and in, in terms of like just like my confidence and like figuring out like where i fit in and and like who will accept me and like so there were a lot of <laughs> different things at play for me um and and i think that it's cool because for me like Sella and the Spades was the first time that I was like in a space with other young people of color, other young like black creatives. Um, and, and that was like a really like transformational experience for me because I was like looking up to like the director Tyresha who was just like a genius. Um, she she's also she was like 28 when when we wow. did this and so she was like a big sister to me and i feel like i learned so much from just seeing like these young black women knowing what they want um being unapologetic about it like seeing her especially in like this position of power where she's leading all of these people like directing the actors and the whole lighting department and the camera um that was something that i had never seen before and especially like kind of struggled with in high school, um, just like feeling different from everyone. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to, whether it's like race or sexual orientation or just like class. Um, I think almost everyone for whatever reason feels different in high school or feels like they don't fit in. Um, so, so yeah, for me, like, it's it's weird that now Sella is like out for everyone to see because for me it was such like an insular and like intimate experience and like so important for my own like personal growth that like it feels really personal to me. Um, so it's like weird and also good that that now people can see it. But yeah, but things definitely like go hand in hand. No, I feel like that's so true, and it's. It's funny because, I mean, I grew up in, like, <laughs> not to shit on my hometown, but, like, to shit on my hometown. Yeah. Just, like, a very, like, what's the word? Like, uh, new money kind of very, like, a Italian and Irish Guido kind of, like, very conservative, <laughs> like, Trump 2020 stuff. And... <laughs> I remember, like, it was so dumb in retrospect, but, like, in third grade, we had to, like, go around and say who we'd vote for, and I remember feeling so pressured to say George Bush that I was, like, George Bush, and then I had to come home and my parents be, like, mom, dad, like, why are you guys, like, like, mom, are you a Democrat? And, like, just feeling so awkward about, like, my parents being somewhat liberal at the time and, like, you know, at this also being, like, when I got older and then being told, like, oh, you're a unique beauty, and it's like, okay, cool. You're like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. great, like, no one else thinks that, like, you're, you know, so it's yeah. it's one of those things where hindsight's very t much twenty twenty, but, like, at the same time, it's such a dichotomy of, like, wanting to believe something that's true, but in the moment, like, it, you want to be, like, every person on Instagram or, like, 
every girl in your class like wearing the Lily Pulitzer back in the day when it was like juicy couture jumpsuits and shit like that but yeah and it's like I, I can't imagine like going to high school now too oh it's my like, god you know, I was in high school like we yeah we had social media and stuff but like it wasn't such a part of everyone's lives like now I'm like so addicted to my phone and like I think everyone is just is so so like entrenched in social media and like the virtual world where like a lot of the times it feels more real than it is um and so yeah I mean I feel I feel bad for kids um that have to go to high school now I know me too I think about that like all the time just how I like would not have thrived at all and and like and like kind of as you you said how how Sella was like a really personal like experience for you and that it's so like cool to see it you know shared to anyone who wants to watch it on Amazon Amazon Prime Mm -hmm. like in a similar way even though like the I'm deliberately making a podcast to publish everything. It's, it is, I feel like almost cathartic just to have something that's so close to you, like reach other people, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. And like have your vo- voice be heard. Yeah, I think like for a long time, like it's just been like so much has happened in my life since I shot it that like I kind of, in my mind, it felt like, a personal project <laughs> like in my mind it kind of felt like something that was only for us um so yeah like having it having it now like be able to be seen by so many other people is like it is cathartic because there's so much of like our our heart in in it and it's nice to be able to share that but it also is scary because then you're like, when you are so invested in something, like you are super vulnerable and you're kind of like opening yourself up to the opinions of other yeah. people that, that might not feel the same way. Um, so that's also scary too. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like um, like a risk, but like a risk that's very much worth taking, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so my next question is like, you come, you are, and you come off as like this really beautiful, confident woman. I mean, you're stunning, which is like no one can see, and but they'll see in the pictures, I'm sure, and in the show. <laughs> um, but like, do you have any insecurities, or like, was that like currently, in like post high school, and you know, just in college, or even still? Yeah, yeah, I think that. Um growing up definitely like my hair my blackness is like a huge insecurity and like especially especially like the the background that I'm from is that my mom is African and so she's not really fully a part of like the black American community um and then and then my dad is white and obviously I don't look white so I never felt part of that either. Um, And so that was a huge kind of source of insecurity, figuring out how to um, 
just be comfortable with myself and feel like I didn't have to like make any changes to myself to be presentable or whatever. Um, that was a huge thing. I think, I think I, and that's still like a, that's always like a continual process um, of just learning how to really truly feel confident um, in in my blackness and everything. Um, and if I don't, learning how to fake it for the time <laughs> being. Um, I think I think now something that is weird for me or an insecurity for me is like going and being on these sets like when I was on the set of Ghostbusters and being around these actors that have this like huge platform and that are like super involved in in the industry and are super like crazy talented um like I remember getting to set and we had like a cast dinner one of the first nights and I was like <laughs> sitting next to Ivan Reitman the creator of Ghostbusters like the the original one wow. and Finn Wolfhard was sitting next to me and then all the other rest of the cast and I was like they made a mistake like I they must have mixed up the names or something like I don't feel like I belong here um and like everyone's talking about their favorite movies and like talking about like all these like obscure movies that I've never heard of and I was like uh Moonlight <laughs> but I think I think right now feeling like confident and secure and secure in like my work and my ability in terms of like acting is something that is like new for me because I didn't necessarily feel that on the set of Sella and the Spades because everyone was my age and like I mean, obviously, Lovey um, had been on her show Greenleaf and had a really big following, and Jarrell too with Moonlight, um, and everyone was like super, super talented. But, but for me, being being on the set of Sella, it felt like just being with my friends. Yeah, and not that Ghostbusters didn't feel like that because we all ended up becoming close and becoming friends as well. But like, just that first that first night of like sitting down with all of these like crazy talented people I was like feeling really insecure I was like do I even belong here um and so yeah I think that's that's definitely something that I'm dealing with right now is just like being able to like just like stand up straight and like hold my ground and and be confident um in what I can do um because I am new to yeah this. I'm sure it'll come with time yeah and like also being a student like I'm not really like because I know a lot of actors my age do acting full-time and they all of their friends are actors and they are going in person to auditions in LA and they know like what's happening and the latest news and like I'm not involved in that at all really I'm I'm kind of like isolated and in my own world here at Hopkins and I kind of just like do my self-tapes and just like send them off to the void and hope someone likes it um so yeah, I feel I'm I'm kind of like isolated from the entertainment industry in that way. Um, so so yeah, it's I definitely like kind of feel like an outsider in those spaces. Do you see yourself pursuing acting full time after you graduate? 
yeah, yeah, that's something I would really, really love to do. Um, I think just like the idea of like, first of all, the whole, like the way that the industry works is like so perfect for like my personality. Mm -hmm. Like you, you work on a project for like a month to maybe four months. You make friends, you're in a new place, you get to explore a new place wherever it's shooting. And then you go and you do another project in a different place and you get to travel to a new city and meet new friends. So I think that aspect of it is really cool. And um, it's like kind of more of the lifestyle that I would like to live if I had the opportunity um, or when I have the opportunity. Um, I think like <laughs> the idea of a nine to five job is really scary to me. <laughs> Yeah, retweet. <laughs> um, yeah, but but also like just the fact that like I'm able to like be creative and like tell important stories that other people will see and enjoy and relate to, um, and and even just like the work of acting is like is really empathy like at its bare bones is to be able to like take this other person that's in this other situation and be that person and feel what they're feeling. Um, and so I think that's that's really beautiful. Um, I would love to be able to do this full time. Yeah, I'm sure you have like a promising future ahead. I mean, you're still so young. I'm like feeling old, but I love that. <laughs> like, and it's so true. I feel like, I mean, in, a, in its own way, just you hopping from different um or hopping to and from different like sets you probably like just meet so many people with such incredible experiences and like stories to share which is like the what I love most about this podcast is I just like talk to people and learn and like uh. from people from like all over who had such different experiences and it's like that in itself gives you that like like um empathetic tool you know yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I mean, I I've met so many people that I otherwise would not have met at all. Like, Lovey lives in Atlanta because um, she's always shooting Greenleaf, um, and she's not someone I would have met otherwise. And we ended up becoming like best friends. And so I think that's something that's like really beautiful and like you end up just like loving the people that you're on set with. Cause it's like, you're all together all the time for like a couple months and you're all like working together to create this like interesting, funny, whatever story together. And so it becomes like such, such like a bonding experience between everyone. Um, and so, yeah, everyone that I've worked with like has such, a special place in my heart and I'm sure you feel the same like being able to talk to people on your podcasts and stuff and oh definitely yeah so quickly going back to um like when you were discussing I guess like you know kind of a for lack of a better word like identity crisis back um in high school like what now that you you know you have this like platform and young girls and boys will watch uh, movies with you like Sella and you know see someone who's like them and like you know look up to someone like what advice would you give to I guess like yourself back in high school 
or like obviously someone similar who's having that identity crisis or is in a place where they feel like they're not, you know, welcome or part of the social norm? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, I think a big part of Sella was showing black kids being kids, being able to make mistakes and being different and just who they are and being allowed to exist. And so, I mean, I loved that there was there was no sort of like stereotype or like caricature of a black person. And I mean, that comes with having black writers and directors, obviously. Um, but I think like from that, it's like, yes, we can all watch movies and shows where there are people that look like us and it makes us feel less alone um, and that there's someone out there that feels the same or even just looks the same. Um, and so that's definitely a source of comfort. I think, I think for me, I, I didn't really know where to look and I also kind of felt this pressure to like watch all the same things that my friends were watching. And so like, I didn't, I didn't really um, grow up watching that many black people on screen. And so I think now there's, there's such an opportunity to be able to do that with streaming um, that it's so much easier for younger kids to like seek out um, stories that relate to them um, and so I think that's a big thing for me is I would say just like watch movies and and read stories and shows with people that look like you that are going through similar things that like really makes you feel less alone um, and, and I think just like knowing that it's I guess I would say to them that it's good to be different. <laughs> um, and that's something that like, I'm sure someone told me and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. But it's, I mean, the more, the more you grow up and meet new people, like the best things about people are the things that are weird or quirky or different or not normal, um, normal in quotation marks because what really is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's like the absolute best part of, of you, of, of people. Um, and so I think like lean into whoever you are, lean into figuring out whoever you are because high school is gonna end and you're still gonna be left with yourself. So at the end of the day, like, all of these like dynamics and, and friendships and problems that we think are the end of the world will really come to an end. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like your relationship with yourself is, is what's most important because that's, that's really who, who you have to lean on sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I would say like seek out stories and, and movies um, with with people that look like you and are going through the same things, um, and then lean into lean into who you are. And know that being being different and being unique is is what makes you.
good. Yeah, <laughs> so I love that. Awesome. <laughs> and I know it's like, it sounds cheesy. I know it does. And I'm sure that like high schoolers and, and younger kids have heard that before, like just be yourself. But at, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's so true. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I mean, especially like now we're literally in isolation. <laughs> like we yeah. have to, we have to love ourselves because it's like, I'm the only one yeah I'm the only one I'm hanging out with so like right (laughs) exactly okay so I always end asking these couple of questions unrelated to everything but I I just love hearing the the responses so the first question is what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today that's a really good question (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> going real deep I, I think I think that um I think my high school experience very relevant to this conversation but I think my high school experience is something that that has really made me a stronger person um there were so many things that I had to deal with and face really early on that I feel like a lot of people didn't necessarily have to face like I I had to think about like these larger questions of like race and where I fit in um really early on and I kind of had to like like face a lot of big questions especially about like my body image and like and um eating problems and stuff like that and so that was something that I really that I had to face and think about really early on and if I hadn't Um, if I hadn't started thinking about those larger issues, um, in terms of like women and, and body image and race and class and all of these things that I noticed made me different and made me uncomfortable. If I hadn't interrogated those things early on, I don't think I would be the same person at all. Um, so yeah, definitely just growing up in an all white community is something that wasn't fun at the time. Um, but, but definitely made me a better, stronger person. Yeah. And helped you really helped you mature and grow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe that everything happens for a reason? Totally, totally, (laughs) totally, totally. I mean, there's so many things that like for me have happened and at the time I was like okay I don't know what this means or this is shitty or like whatever looking back um that I've been like that makes so much sense yeah it's like the total (laughs) butterfly effect like every small action just like can have a huge domino change kind of thing yeah yeah absolutely do you have a favorite quote or a mantra you live by Um, I don't have a favorite quote, um, but I think something that I live by is like, especially very recently, um, I really, like these issues on race and class and gender and all these things are something that's so important to me, especially like being in a world today where like, it's really difficult to be a woman. It's really difficult to be black or gay um, or whatever, and poor, especially. 
so I think for me, I kind of just try to think about how my actions, um, whether it's like something I post on social media or like being vegan or whatever, like how my actions um, impact the larger society and how I can live in a way that uplifts and is beneficial to like vulnerable people. Um, and so, yeah, that's something I think about all the time, all the time. Um, and something I really, really try to live by. Yeah, I love that. It's like, even though, you know, you're just like one person, if everyone kind of has that mentality of like, how can I like push, like bring other people up just by like virtue of my actions, then it adds up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. What do you love most about yourself? Aw, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think the thing that I love most about myself is, um, I'm really determined. <laughs> um, and so like when I have a goal for something that like I want to accomplish next or whether it's like, I want to like be a better friend or like apologize for something shitty I did or whatever, I, I'm always very determined and I always like meet the goals that I set for myself. Um, and that's something I really like um, because I'm really, really like goal driven. And I feel like I always have to be like working towards something or like trying to be better, which also is like <laughs> kind of problematic. And I think that I need to learn when it's time to just like relax and not be doing things all the time. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I love the fact that like I can see something that I want and work hard or do whatever it is to get to that place that I want to be in. Yeah, great quality. <laughs> and last question is how do you find solace in the city? So I guess whatever city you're in at for the time being. <laughs> yeah, I mean in terms of like what's happening now or just in general just in general like what brings you peace like if everything else is like kind of crazy like what is your go-to like thing that just brings you to, to yeah yeah um I think for me it's either going on a drive <laughs> or listening to classical music I think I think more so, I think more so classical music, like for me, just like growing up, like playing violin and like that being such a part of me that like, I no longer am like really connected to. I think when I go back and listen to like my favorite composers, um, that kind of like brings me back to myself in a way. Cause it's like such a part of who my younger self was and I kind of, and it's nice to kind of go back and like feel connected to her as well. Um, so yeah, that's whenever I'm feeling like upset or sad or, or whatever, like I always go back to like my favorite composers. I love that. Yeah. Celeste, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Where can everyone list or watch Sella and the, um, and the Spades and like where can they follow you and you know promote any like cause you're passionate about just anything 
Yeah. Um, you guys can watch Stella and the Spades on Amazon Prime now. It's up streaming. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Celeste underscore O'Connor. And I post a lot of stuff about um, like the, the things that I'm working on. Like um, I, I did a post a few days, weeks ago about a mutual aid project where I asked people to um, post their Venmo or Cash App if they're in need of money for groceries or whatever. And then I had asked my followers to donate um, if they could. So I do, I do some stuff on my Instagram in terms of like more like social justice-y stuff, political stuff there. Um, so you can like stay up to date um, that way. Awesome. Mm -hmm.